Hello and welcome to The Witch Source. I am super excited today. I get to interview Lone Wolf um, and we have recently been able to um, partner up a little bit and I'm now running a show thanks to um, him on the Fringe TV. Uh, so that's really cool and we will talk more about that in a little bit. So I'm excited to be here. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me on, Whitney. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad glad we're getting to do this. Um, all right, so I want to just um, start at the beginning. I think that's always the best place to start. What was uh, your introduction into magic and the craft? Like, what was the your first interactions with it or hearing about it? Well, my first interaction with magic, I think, was... Um well, I can remember, I think when I was three or four years old, um, well, I was turning three years old and, you know, they came out with this cake and, you know, and they put these three little candles on the cake and they were like, happy birthday, Harold, uh, blow the candle out and make a wish. And, uh, you know, I, and I took a deep breath and I blew that candle out and I made a wish. And I think ever since then, I've been practicing magic. Oh, that's awesome. That's an awesome story. Okay, I love that. I'm so glad you shared that. So where did it progress from there? Well, I, I think where it per progressed from there, I mean, if we're talking about paganism uh, and the craft in general is, um, I grew up with a, um, a, hard a hard lifestyle. I came from a broken home. There's alcoholism in the home. There was abuse going on in the home. And there was a, a gentleman that had gotten out of prison and he had his own place. And, you know, I was like 12 or 13 and he basically was older. I think he was like 19 or something like that. And well, when I was 13, uh, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes and, you know, cause at 13, you know, you, you're young, you smoke cigarettes. It's like, you know, you're with the cool kids or whatever, you know, right. And right. As, you know, as mundane as that sounds, you know, that was the reality when I was 13. Uh, and, you know, the guy who come out, he smoked cigarettes, too, but he was a pagan. He said, well, come on over to my house and we'll listen to like, uh, uh, I think it was um, well, a meatloaf. You know, we would sit around and like he had this huge music system and we'd blare rock and roll and we'd, I would smoke cigarettes. And it, I was cool with it because place to chill, you know, that wasn't like, you know, in the park or, you know, behind a dumpster, you know, being young, smoking right. cigarettes. And he was just he was a pagan fella, you know, so I think that was the. The first interaction with uh, pagans within my, you know, immediate community uh, in Concord, New Hampshire, um, but it was only it was only when I was about 19 years old that I really was exposed and started to really seek out a pagan uh, lifestyle and spirituality. Mm. And you know, as I talk about alcoholism and coming from a broken home and a rough childhood. You know, with the alcoholism, you know, I did some things that, you know, probably weren't, you know, very honorable. You know, I, I, I had a lot of problems. Um, I, I got into some trouble when I would drink, uh, you know, uh, being ignorant with, with, you know, my actions or getting into altercations with people because of intoxication. And that's where I come from. I come from the streets, man. I really do. I come from that hard not life. Um, and, well, and part of that you know, that comes with consequences. So right. here I am at 19 years old, um, and I'm in a Florida prison called Appalachian Correctional Institution. It's the same prison that Trick Daddy from Florida comes from. Now, Trick <laughs> Daddy's a big shot rapper from Florida. 
um, if anybody, you know, identifies with that. Well, I was at the, that prison, and uh, somebody passed my bunk and said, hey, man, check these out. And they, they shot me these um, periodical magazines called the, um, the Rays of Light, which was a group from Plottsville, Pennsylvania, uh, that wrote about paganism uh, in different forms. Uh, Norse paganism, uh, Wicca, uh, regular craft, uh, you know, herbology. Um, and I read it. And I look at it and I read it and I was like, wow, this is really good. Because this is a time in my life where, well, a lot of people when they're incarcerated, and this happens a lot within our within our culture, especially in the you know uh, late '90s and early 2000s, where you have like the whole jailhouse Christian jailhouse Christian thing. You know, yeah. a lot of people come to jail and they don't have anything to reflect on. They hold uh, they hold their spirituality a lot more close. You have people that go in there and they're devout Christians. You know, while they're there, and they get out and they have recidivism, and that happens with all kinds of religions. You have people that go in there and find. Um, Islam, you have people that find Buddhist traditions, you have people that find Christianity. Well, Harold Carter found the craft. And well, that one magazine periodical, I looked at, I really liked that. So I went back to the, to the fellow, his name was Chi Chi. Uh, and I was at a male prison, his name was Chi Chi. And I said, Chi Chi, I said, um, do you got any more of those, man? And he said, yeah. He said, uh, uh, I said, cool, can I check them out? He says, yeah. So he gave me like four or five of them, and there I sat all night reading every one of them, word for word. I'm like, wow, this is cool. I like this. This is really cool. You know, and, and I would think about, you know, the, you know, the pagan guy that I met in, earlier on and stuff. And, um, it, it was the spirituality that resonated with me. This is a time where I was researching and diving into all the spiritual traditions on the planet, getting to know them all, because um, they all had different flavor, because... Ultimately, you know, as I was coming from that that childhood of, you know, the broken home, the alcoholism, I wanted to be better than that. I didn't want to be in jail. I didn't want to um, be a failure. I wanted to be better. I really did. Uh, it, it just came. I just wasn't ready to make, you know, specific changes. Um, so, so, yeah. And so I, I wrote to the the Millennial Kingdom place um, to a woman by the name of Louise Ann Salen, who is no longer with us. And uh, I said, hey, man, I like this you know, periodical, like a magazine. Can I get involved? And they had like a little sheet to fill out. What's your path? And how long have you been practicing? Because they want their, you know, they want to know too, because they're, they're an outreach for prisoners. Right. Um, and this particular periodical was only, you know, uh, accessible, I think, in a few states. Um, they ran an ad and I think witches and pagans or something like that and you know and that's how it came to that prison to begin begin with so i i created a relationship with louise ann salen and she was married to a fellow named paul salen um and i started to um spend my money buying books on magic and then you know i would i found people seldom once in a while i would bump into people within these prison systems this one was florida that were um, intrigued by Wicca or paganism uh, or magic or ceremonial magic, and I would, you know, flock to them like attracts light. Right. Um, but my the first person that really gave me like advice on what books to like to get. Well, f first of all, the first craft book I ever owned, ever read, ever studied was The Craft. It's a green book. It's from Dorothy Morrison. 
And Dorothy yes. Morrison has been around forever. Um, and I have talked to Dorothy Morrison, um, you know, on social media a few times. Um, and it was a real privilege because it was the first book. Right. So, yeah, she's like uh, the old school. So that's what was available was books like that. That was the first book. The first ceremonial book that I ever read was a book called Modern Magic by Donald Michael Craig. And that put me into with uh, Golden Dawn, the Golden Dawn Magical Tradition. That's when I implemented, you know, rituals like LBRP, the LBRH. And then, you know, and then from there, it kind of built up because they have that little, uh, I think it's bibliography or something like that. Back of the books, they give references of other books. Yeah. So it was like a big, it was like a big rabbit hole, even in the early days where I got this, but they saying to go here. So that's kind of where it started. Um, and I started to write like these little articles about, you know, what I was experiences, my experiences and, um, you know, that periodical that I'm talking about, Raise the Light, they, uh, you know, they put me in print, you know, which wasn't a big deal, but at the time it was, it was like I was studying, you know? Right. Um, so after, and that's kind of like my earliest, uh, involvement with, you know, paganism and the craft because, you know, um, when people are incarcerated, they, they do reach out to some type of spirituality. And that's why you have that whole, um, you know, stereotype of jailhouse Christian. You know, right. You're only right. doing that because you're in jail, you know. And then, uh, and then, like, the recidivism is so fluent, you know, uh, in this country and I'm sure worldwide. You know, recidivism is a thing for every person, uh, you know, you know uh, that have issues, um, and, and ultimately, uh, it did, the craft is ultimately, well, I, I know that it's my fault. It, it was ultimately my choice to, you know, make changes uh, so I didn't fall back in, into the, um, you know, the downfalls of recidivism. Right. But I accredit that, I accredit that cycle being broken because that's exactly what recidivism is. I mean, we talk about circles um, in in the craft and you know uh, reoccurring things you know that's that's all a lot of like repetition like like revolving things I mean yeah. uh, recidivism is a hard thing to break it really is um, statistically you know like seventy or eighty percent of you know prisoners reoffend within the first year you know so that's that's a big part of you know the real Harold Carter the the real lone wolf comes from that that culture that very different culture and now in modern times um i live um within a community of people that is that is very distant than that community of people that i was involved in in my youth right so in a lot of ways i accredit the craft i accredit contemporary witchcraft contemporary paganism the old ways i accredit and give thanks to this form of spirituality because Without it, um, I think it would have had a rough patch. Uh, I think that this is home for me. Um, and to um, live in, you know, society, um, I don't know how to live any other way and stay free. Um, mm -hmm. It is within the vices of the craft and paganism that I've found how to reach my highest ideals, how to be the best version of me. Um, and that, you know, comes through, you know, what I'm good at, like, uh, I do music, I, I play the six string, I'll sing, I'll do my pagan hip-hop stuff, 
and that's kind of that's kind of the same things that I was doing in my old life because you know I was writing hip hop music you know within the confines of the razor wire jungle I definitely was um, but with the transition you know it it went with me uh, right. so so that's kind of that's kind of a, a an inside look of you know the history of magic but the one with the cake when I was three or four that that's just kind of um, my way of you know explaining that well magic is something that we all do I mean yeah. from every household from from every I mean even even a Christian household or any household like those are old customs those customs come from somewhere yes, somewhere the custom of blowing out the can that's candle magic one on one. When, when you give the cake to your child and you say, hey, look, you know, this. so, you know, so, you know what I mean, in, in essence, and, you know, for real, I've been practicing magic since I was three years old, you know. Um, I mean, I'm, when I was four years old, I had an imaginary friend, you know. I mean, is that not, it, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's considered magic. Um, I think it's definitely in that realm. I mean, it's, it's one of your clear senses and your psychic self kicking up so i definitely think it counts mm -hmm. embracing it i think is the magical part mm -hmm. yeah i love that thank you so much for um sharing all that and i i do i love that you shared that beginning story because it's so true people have and are practicing magic whether they realize it or not it's always been with us just like you're saying um so yeah absolutely okay so take us from there to well let me back up a second so tell me about when did you develop your love for music because the two you said the two intertwines so where did you we know where you started with the craft so where did you start with music um, I mean, music was music was in Juvie Hall. I mean, when I was in Juvie Hall, um, it, rapping was like the big thing in Juvie Hall. People used to bang on the tables and be like, yo, yo, kid, yo, Sean. We'd write rhymes and stuff, and we'd kick a beat. We'd beatbox and kick a beat, and they would share, you know, their poetry or their, you know, written rhymes, and we'd read it off the paper. It was kind of like the thing where, you know, that's, to me, that's kind of where I fit in. Um, when I started writing um, and I can remember sitting in Juvie Hall looking at uh, something called the Source Magazine. Uh, Source Magazine is like a hip hop magazine, like old school, you know, and I used to sit and, and, and like uh, read the back of these magazines where they'd have like listings of DJ equipment and uh, music production equipment and beat machines and drum machines and and I'll be like, man, I want to get this stuff. And it'll be like, and, these pr and back then it was like, you know, $15,000 for this or, you know, a thousand bucks for this. And I used to just dream about doing that in the back of these magazines. And, and you know, and that became reality. I mean, it took many, many years, but that's, that's kind of where it started. Um, and, you know, and as I was talking about the recidivism and my youth and stuff, every time that I would, um, you know, get myself locked up, you know, because getting locked up was, you know, it's something that, that I did myself, you know. Right. Um, I, I didn't, you know, um, I would write more music. Um, so as far as the recidivism goes, and the craft was always there. Craft was always there. It was just my 
alcoholism that led to my recidivism because truth be told um you know i've never been a criminal i'm not a criminal i never was a criminal i was an alcoholic and unfortunately with alcoholism comes with um criminal things that were done um and you know judges they don't care that if you're a criminal because if i was a criminal like like when i was doing crimes i gotta have all kind of money you know and that stuff set right. up you know i was didn't have money i was broke i was like drunk but when i would become incarcerated i would you know write more music um and study more craft i mean it was a recidivism thing uh, i would be in jail then i would study more craft and then i would get out and then i would drink more beer and then I would go back to jail and i would study more craft and then eventually after about four times of that revolving door back and forth i said hold on a minute you know um and you know it's public knowledge you know um I, I come across uh, some some writing i had some coaching by um some neo alexandrians that helped me out um they gave me some uh pro se from dorian valiente uh coming from the charge of the goddess um and one of the excerpts is reaching your highest ideals and it hit home and reaching your highest ideals okay how am i going to do this music if i'm always locked up it's just like you're not reaching right. your highest ideals it just it just took uh, a lot and in in the craft i've heard a saying that says that to learn we must first learn to suffer and i know that there's some people that disagree with that and you know and stuff but to me it to me it resonates with me because there was a lot of suffering that went along with the way that i came up mm. um constant recidivism um and suffering and trying to find a way out you know i wanted to get out of that bad situation so bad i didn't want to keep going back to jail there's so much raw negative energy that goes through those type of places right. you know um yeah. you don't find i mean i'm not saying that they're not good men in those places because there are good men in those places but there also is bad men in those places mm -hmm. um and that is a eaten or be eaten culture in those places that is very very different from society um and coming you know straight out of uh that particular culture and trying to you know go into pagan culture is a big change um and you know it was it was a big huge learning curve um and 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 i'm glad that um you know that this particular spirituality um is uh, here you know i'm glad that it, it it is given to humanity you know which is you know basically the old ways um you know in whatever way that you internalize it um but yeah if, um i don't know if that answers your question or not um it's it's on the lines of it very much but it's it's brought to mind other questions actually um so i like i like where you're going with this so you're talking about how paganism helps you through the fact that paganism focuses on cycles and you know we look at nature as the example you know we cycle through the seasons every year you know and um but we can also get stuck in cycles and it's about um oh, we're back okay uh and it's about breaking those certain certain cycles um and learning when you're supposed to flow with the cycles or break a cycle um 
So can you maybe go into, and you've mentioned twice that you realized that you got yourself into that position. Now, when you were continuously getting locked up, you didn't have that same mentality. Did you? When I got myself locked up, I mean, I say that now. Um, right. A lot of times when you talk to somebody, you know, while, while you're in the belly of the beast and you're like, uh, you talking to somebody, they'd be like, yeah, when they, when they locked me up, that's the thing. When they locked you up, hold up now. They didn't lock you up. You locked you up. And, and that's one of the biggest things in paganism, contemporary paganism, that is very important. Pagans take responsibility for everything that we do, you know. Um, and this is, and this has a lot to do, um, and, and not to, and not to, you know, uh, say that any particular path is bad, but that's right. why we don't. That's why a lot of. That's why pagans don't embrace um, a, a scapegoat god, or the, you know, the sun god, and and say, okay, I'm giving all my problems uh, to the sun god, and everything is going to be fine. You know, no. Pagans take responsibility for everything that they do. We're not going to give it away to somebody else. And that was that was just another um, like learning curve. So yeah, um, I would say 100% pagans are a very responsible bunch. Yes, and and that's why I wanted to to get you to share about you know how you didn't have that mentality at first, um, but then through embracing paganism and the spirituality and the the looking at the the core of paganism you are able to make that that shift and realize the difference can you share if you if you remember when like the moment was that you had the aha and you were like wait i get it now i made this happen i can make it stop um and all I have to do is change. Do you remember, like, can you pinpoint, like, when that kind of sunk in? Or did it just, like, build up over time? Um, the only thing that, that makes me think of is um, when I wasn't incarcerated, when I was free, I, I would be like a vagabond. I'd jump trains. I would hitchhike. I would ride Greyhound. I would ride plane. Just go everywhere in the continental United States. Probably not a U.S. city I have not been in. Country, city. I've been to a lot of different places. When I bumped into one person, because people do reach out and say, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, uh, oh, I'm just living on the streets. They'll hook you up. They'll be like, oh, well, here's five dollars, man. Look at yourself, hamburger. Or, you know, are you good, man? Stuff like that. I bumped into some kind of psychologist or something. He brought me to his place, had a shower, we had something to eat. And he told me, looked at me and says, I know you're going through some rough patches right now but you will redeem yourself to your family. So while I'm incarcerated, I had that, that was always in the back of my head because like I was saying earlier in the interview is I, I didn't want to keep doing this recidivism. I became aware of this recidivism. I had awareness of this. This is a cycle that I wanted to break, but I didn't know how. And, the, and, but I did ended up figuring out how. And I think what you're asking is, how did it come to the realization? I think the realization happens with awareness. That's the key. That's the key, I think, to be aware. And, and like, when you talk about um, occult philosophies and stuff, 
every major magical school of thought, the first thing they tell you is know thyself. Know yourself. So if I really know myself, I know that every time I go to jail, I'm intoxicated because I'm drinking way too much grandpa's medicine. So the problem is grandpa's medicine. So, and that took a lot of times. I knew that it was the problem, but then I was just like the denial thing. Like I'd be in jail one time and I'd be like, yep, when I get out, no more drinking. Guess what? I get out, more drinking. Then I'll do it again. I know that the problem's there. Nope, nope, no more drinking. It just takes the willpower. And that's just like another lesson of of, contemporary witchcraft is the will. When you start bending your will, how much strength do you have with with your will? And that comes with like um, discipline and stuff like that. Um, And it's not not easy, um, you know, for people in uh, addictions and alcoholisms and stuff like that to break you know, those, um, those negative attributes and because they're not problems for everyone, but this was my life path. Um, so think to answer your question, it, it's just basically, uh, willpower, um, highest ideals. And the realization is that I knew there was a problem. I had to come up with a solution. If I really wanted to do music, if I wanted to be a free man, if I didn't want to die an old man in jail alone, I'm good with that. I had to make some changes. Um, you know, I I, got, I had a really good roadmap um, with you know contemporary craft, and uh, I kind of took what the craft was there publicly written in the different manuscripts, and I applied it, um, and it hasn't failed me yet. Um, you know, and truth be told, I'm still on state parole. You know, I'm on state parole right now. Guess what? Next year, I'm off state parole. Yay! Um, but it's it's just like I've made my own bed. Now I have to lay in it. Um, and you know, truth be told, is we got to make our beds a little bit better because we're going to be laying them in for a while. So from now on, I'm going to be making my bed real comfy. Right, right. I love that. So you've and you've talked about so many um, core pieces of the craft from, you know, awareness and um, taking responsibility and, you know, breaking the cycles and, um, you know, just, you know, saying, I'm going to use my willpower to make these changes. I mean, that's another, you know, principle right there. And you're right. Um, when it comes to the craft, like you don't say the devil made me do it. Like you, you realize you did it, that you can undo it. It gives you the power and the control. Um, and that's, it's some of the exact same things that um, make me fall in love with the craft as well and become passionate about it. Uh, like you are. Um, okay, so talking about awareness, was there a moment when you became aware, if, if you're willing to share, not everybody is, and I understand that because it's so personal, um, but was there a moment in which you became aware that this world, this universe, this, uh, maybe it was a particular deity, had your back, you know, that was there for you, would communicate with you or help you or move you. Was there a moment when you had this awareness about that? Um, I'm not, I'm not too sure. What I can say is that um, I had a, a high priestess that I talked to 
that told me one day she said um wow look at you you've come a long way you must be empowered by the gods or the gods must show favor with you i mean it's it's definitely uh it definitely boosts the ego but it reinforces it enough where i'm like yeah and i kind of <laughs> went with it um and yeah i don't know if that answers your question but it makes me think that okay yeah no i'll take that um i think there are moments and maybe you can share if you have one of these too um that you feel comfortable sharing is there a moment where you're like magic works like a moment where you had this awareness of um that just happened or i just did this or something shifted something just changed where you had just this magical moment where if it hadn't been for you and your path and whatever is out there watching out for you things would have turned out the way they did um yes magic does work and it's not like the hoorah that people like really believe that it is um magic it like creating your own reality like I, I no longer wanted the reality of um you know incarceration i changed my reality that's magic i you know i my your reality changes and it starts from within if you really want to affect the outside world you f you change what is in you the inside world and, and that's the real magic. The real magic's inside of you. Um, the things that you do or, uh, you know, the, the will is very fierce. If you have the strength to pursue something, you can make it happen. Um, uh, and that can come with like, um, and even with visualization, you know, like you, you have a, a goal that you have, you know, you, you, you infuse the goal. You can't just expect it to happen. You have to go for it. Um, yeah, a lot of people think that like magic is like oh, you know, focus, focus, and all that stuff. It's right. It's really not. It's just something that's that's here. It's mundane. It's always been here. It's it's always been here. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I'm having a hard time um, explaining it. No, I think you're doing a great job, actually. Um, I, I think that was perfect because I think the, the, the best thing you said is the magic is within you um, because that's the piece that people sometimes seem to forget. Um, you know, they think that it's out there or it's, um, you know, it's going to be something big and showy, um, but it is. It's, it's hitting little milestones for yourself and accomplishing your goals and using what the craft teaches and actually applying it to your life, not just in a ritual, you know, not just to do a spell and get what you want. You have to internalize it and you become a living spell creating, like you said, the reality that you want. Right. Um, and that's ex Whitney, that's exactly why you have, you know, uh, the, the common talk in our community where it says that magic is not something that we do. Magic is something that we are because we are the magic. We don't do magic. We don't practice magic. We live this magic. 
and we live it internally. We live it by what we do inside, by knowing ourselves. And, you know, whatever you can do to, to know yourself, um, it will it will help, you know, the things that you do in the future. If you know, like for my case, for example, if I know that, you know, uh, well, alcohol is not really the, the best thing that I should probably should be doing, you know, uh, once I get rid of that roadblock, then you have more doors that can open. Um, and I think when you can open doors for yourself, it, it just makes more doors, I suppose. Right. But they each door that you open gets you further and further and further to where you want to be. And that's another thing, like, um, I love you just said, because so many people feel like they're waiting on something outside of them to open the door. Um, but like you said, we open the door. And when we open the door, that's the pathway to opening more. Yeah, that um, reminds me of the gatekeepers. Man, there's all there's always something like that. And like the, the whole gatekeeping thing, you know, that's not a new thing. That stuff's been going on for like decades. And, and my two cents on gatekeeping is this. Yes, there are gatekeepers. Truth be told, sorry about your bad luck, there's gatekeepers. However, if you show up to one of those gatekeepers with a key, guess who's got to let you in? Right. Because you worked on what you had to do inside. They got to let you pass because you had a key with you. That gatekeeping is like a paradox situation. It really is. Paradox meaning... It, it can work both. It can work both ways. It works both ways. Yes, they're gatekeepers, but people have within inside themselves that they're become they, they are the gatekeepers really because they're the ones that have to go through those doorways. If you are you know um, creating so so much things for yourself um, that are so fruitful and so lovely, a gatekeeper will look at you and say, "Wow." We, we got to let you through these gates, man. Look at all you've done. Look at all you've done for, for yourself and for people around you. Man, we we got to let you through. And, right. and that's what it comes down to, I think, is, you know, uh, that's why that's why the gatekeeper, you know, in opinion, you know, and there are gatekeepers, but I think that you also are the gatekeeper. Um, you know, so, and, and it's the responsibility thing, you know, and if, you know, I guess that's just a hard one there. And that, and they're always going to talk about that. Even decades from now, they won't say, you're gatekeeping. And it's just one of those things that never go away. Um, right. But I I think we should just worry about ourselves. Uh, and um, we got to be our best versions of ourselves, you know, and, and reach the, the highest limits that we can. Um, you know, and, and, that, and that can be said from <clears throat> that old Golden Dawn magical tradition. And the and the uh, in the pre ramble and and one of those old book manuscripts they say that only with the sweat of your brow will you obtain magical power, and that's really true. Because only with the with the most earnest, hardest work will you get anything done. This is not an easy path. This is not a TikTok minute. You can't just watch TikTok videos and get all the secrets, man. And guess what? There's no secrets, man. You got the secrets. It's with hard work. Right. There's no secrets. The secrets are within you. You change yourself. You change the things around you. You change your own reality by changing your reality. I would, yes, I can say that. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes, yes. Um, I love that. And um, wow, this this is this is um, this has been so amazing so far. Uh, let's let's keep going because this is this is great. And I think this is um, definitely something that that I think people seeking need to hear. Um, but I think it's also a great reminder for the person that's been at this a while. Um, if they feel like they've plateaued or, um, you know, they've kind of lost their um, spirit within that spark that makes them um, want to continue. I think this is a great reminder uh, and motivator to keep going and keep creating. Um, so, okay. Now let's, let's uh, merge the two. So where did your music kind of start to evolve from, you know, making beats in juvie hall to um, exploring and expanding and turning that into um, part of your craft uh, to create this pagan music that, that you do? Well, it was kind of like a slow process. I mean, when I was banging on tables in Juvie Hall, we would just talk about the hardship we went through there, you know. Um, the guards stink. They don't give us enough food. I wish I had two more milks, you know. And then, you know, and, and then as it progressed, you know, as I'm, you know, reading and getting more knowledge and, uh, you know, I just, I've always talked about what I've been going through. Uh, it's always a reflection of, you know your your experiences right? your 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 hardships um you know which can become inspirational because inspiration in itself is kind of like the the best of magics um and where it's just a reflection of myself as i grew into a spiritual being my music just became a reflection of that and since i came from that culture you know that culture that i was talking about since i came from that hard knock life in that hard knock life, you know, that's hip hop, man. That's where the struggle is. That's just contemporary culture. That's just how it is. And nowadays, it didn't matter what race. It didn't matter. It didn't matter none of that stuff. It's not about uh, ethical background. Hip hop is music. Music is for everyone. Yeah. Um, and it, it just it just kind of meshed well. Um, you know, and I, I like to say I like all different genres of music, and for some reason I'm known as a pagan rapper, which is cool. I wish people would start realizing I do play six string, and I look, I'll sing you a song. I'll even play some Johnny Cash. You know, oh yeah. I, but I'm known as a pagan rapper. That's fine. Um, that's fine. But yeah, they definitely did match. Um, they matched, and there was a time where you know that to me it's to me the old Harold was like an ignorant mentality, and. And, and I know that now because it's just like the taste. Even my taste of music has changed. When I was growing up, um, you know, as a 20-year-old man, I was a Tupac fanatic. Man, I love some Pac. I'm bumping that Pac. I'm feeling good. I'm getting my alpha on, stuff like that. I listen to Tupac today, and I find it repulsive. It's repulsive because that message does not resonate with my spirit anymore. I don't have the same frequency. My frequency is a lot different than it was 20 years ago. Um, and it's because of that frequency change, the tuning of that frequency is different. The reflection of my music changes. The reflection of the passion changes. And it, and it developed into a, a spiritual message. Um, and I would like to say 
you know, I like to say I'm always going to attempt to keep music in a positive light. Um, but but thinking also, but the craft isn't all positive love and light either, you know, because Mother Nature shows us, tells us that nature is not all love uh, and uh, and handshakes, you know, uh, and stuff like that. And, you know, all that, I would like to be an advocate for peace. I really would. Um, but sometimes it, it's necessary. Some things become necessary. Um, and if we are to truly model our spirituality um, in craft circles, we must identify that nature is not all love and light. Um, uh, but ultimately, I want the music to remain positive because you know i want to stay positive i want to be uh you know happy and um, uh satisfied and um uh and you know a better frequency you know a better frequency to get along with and there's an old uh thing that the the wiccan say that you know because there's a lot of good stuff that the wiccan say it really does i, I studied wiccan for a lot of not a lot of years one of the things that they say is to live and let live and so when you live and let live, you just kind of, I, I mean, I don't really know the, 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 the point on definition of live and let live, but to me, it means kind of just go with the flow, man. Live and let live means kind of like go with the flow, um, you know, and, and, you know, don't be a buzzkill, you know, <laughs> like kind of like just, just go with it, you know, be happy, go lucky kind of a situation. Um, you know, like don't be a, don't be a bummer. Don't bring us down, you know, have that jolly good energy um or you know to push out because uh, you know let's face it somebody you know people are attracted to mulber to right. people are attracted to that people like uh aesthetic good energy around them that, that makes them feel good um you know to and to live and let live i think it has to have um elements of that feel good you know um I, I love everything that you're saying and it does it makes so much sense I, I've had the exact same experience um, with music um, stuff that I used to love and would just sing along with I can't even listen to it it comes on and I have to change it um, because I don't want to bring that frequency down and you know going back to the magical path and talking about you've raised by by walking the path and internalizing the craft you have raised your frequency and as you do that people think you're living a magical life and you are because you're happier but you're also able to manifest things so much faster for yourself and there's a much quicker turnaround um and we can recognize our limits and our um, patterns and cycles that we are stuck in so much faster um, and can make correction where need be. So um, I love all of that. And I would love um, to hear you talk about, you know, moving from some of the hip hop, like you're saying, and you've got other skills um, within you, maybe like taking your path in the craft and using those other skills to within your music be able to take somebody who's seeking and maybe isn't at that lower frequency and help them vibrate with you at this lower frequency and through your music start to bring them up and elevate them to that higher frequency while helping them to realize they can open those doors to get there. 
since you've walked that path yourself, then using that with your gift um, and your many gifts, because like you said, you're more than hip hop um, and blending those together. That would be, I think, some very powerful um, and magical music. Um, that would be really cool to see. So uh, I will hold out and hope that you get to do something like that in the future. Cause I just think that that would, um, that would just be amazing. And to be able to help people and seekers um, on this path and people that maybe get stuck uh, or stray from their path, um, realize it's, it's quite easy to come back. You just put your foot back over there on the path. So um, that would be really cool. I'd love to see that. So Tell us where your craft and music has taken you once you started to uh, blend the two. Um, well, it, it took me to the IPMA Awards. Um, I, I, you know, I took, I mean, those are, those are, I had an acknowledgement from the pagan community that, you know, they're doing pretty good for 2022 and you know now we're a year later you know i'm revisiting all that it just it opened up more doors and, and um it's just kind of where it took me um and now i'm coming to uh, a point where i can be inspirational to people and you know i'm i'm moving into you know i'm not only a pagan musician now people are looking at me maybe differently um and more in, in a leadership role, um, and and I don't. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm Aries born. My son is an Aries. I'm a natural leader and stuff. Um, but I always need to remember, and we all need to remember um, elements of humility. You know, um, to not like to boast about it and stuff. Because it, you know, it's just I, I'm. There's a lesson learned with that too, and you know, I learned that lesson. Uh, by a year and a half ago um, with humility um, but where where is it going now I mean I mean I'm going to continue doing music I know that this winter um, and I've learned that the pagan musicians usually in the winter time they lay low and they record music write music and I can assure you that this winter I'm going hard I'm going to write some more music I'm going to I'm going to give her Hades for sure try to let that happen but where's it going I think you know uh, I have a, a nice I give myself credit for a creative process where um, I'm making um, pagan music videos for other artists and mm. I'm getting more creative with video production and editing and stuff and you know because I do a lot of it um, so I think that's kind of where that's going is better video production um, better audio production um I like to sing more, uh, maybe jump into some different genres besides pagan hip hop, but maybe, you know, if that's what, if that's what's happening, then, then I should just probably stay with it. Uh, but I think that any, but I do have realization and like we're talking about awareness. I am very aware and we all, we all should be aware of the power of music. Music is a, is a form of magic. It's one of the most potent magics on the planet. Um, because it comes with, you know, repetitional magic, you know, from, you know, the Stone Age days of banging on a drum, you know, irking, 
you know, mumbling and people dancing and raising energy and stuff like that. It's just, and infused with repetitional uh, magic of music, and then you put an element of like inspiration into that. It becomes a very potent form of of um, of magic, and that's that's real magic. Is you know, anytime, anytime you can inspire someone, um, and I guess. I guess just being a, a, an ex-convict like myself, that you know, that has walked the pagan path and is is seeing better days. I guess that's inspirational too, you know, because we don't have to sit uh, in in a jail cell. We don't have to suffer from alcoholism or drug addiction or any type of you know discrepancy. We can reach our highest ideals, but you've got to learn how to flex your will and uh, discipline yourself and stuff. And I guess that's all inspirational. Um, but yeah, where's the, my music going? It's, it's, I don't really know where it's going. Because another thing that I've been learning on my craft uh, path is that a lot of people, uh, a lot of people who uh, study contemporary witchcraft, they are constantly focusing on other people's paths. They, you know, especially the elders and pioneers, a lot of what they teach us is very useful and we should acknowledge that. We should grab all of that. However, we don't always want to walk the same path they did. Because when we walk through the woods and the path has already been laid, they've taken their machete and they cut all the brushes down and all the shrubs. The flowers are gone. The berries are gone. However, if you track your own path, if you walk through the woods by yourself and there is bushels and forestry around you and then you walk trek through the woods all of a sudden you see a bushel of blueberries all those blueberries are yours you found them those are your harvest this is your path you go further down the road and you find raspberries and now you're finding um you know uh whatever you're into you might find a beautiful pasture of you know rare flowers or you know uh, whatever whatever is going on but if you follow somebody else's path They've already harvested all that stuff. Why walk their path? Walk your own. We've got to unlock our own potent spirituality um, and not follow others. Uh, we need to unlock our own spirituality. Um, and uh, that's where I'm going. I want to trek somewhere that no one has been there before. And I'm definitely trekking a path that no one has done before. Um, uh, you know, it's... You know my 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 story is different. I know that it's I know that it's different. Uh, I've always been an oddball, odd card. You know, most in the craft are peculiar, anyways. So I guess I'm a good fit, and uh, I'm not soon going to stop uh, my passion for the craft, uh, contemporary witchcraft and paganism, uh, because at this point uh, it's all that I know. Um, it is it's all that I want to know. Um, it right. is. Um, it helps Harold Carter uh, move forward and to live and gives uh, perfect purpose. Um, hopefully I just don't get, uh, you know, start going cuckoo because I get, you know, too aware. You know, because too much awareness, I think, could could be bad, right? Cause, you know, if I'm too much aware, you know, but I mean, and I only say that because, well, the early, the, the early, like, Kabbalists, people who study Kabbalah, they said that people who studied Kabbalah either it made them very, very wise or they went crazy. And uh, so I hope that I don't go crazy. But um, 
you know, if, I mean, if we really take a look at, you know, a lot of the elders, the pioneers, the people that have walked, you know, their own paths, you know, they're all a little bit peculiar, very wise, very smart, but always, always peculiar. And I, I think that, you know, contemporary craft, you know, we're, we're a peculiar lot. Um, yep. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you for that. Um, I love that. I love that idea of creating your own path and creating your own way and while honoring um, those who have gone before you um, and taking on the wisdom that you can from them and then applying it to, you know, make your own way. I think that's, we need more of that, I think. Um, And I think uh, along those same lines, when making your mini paths, respect the many paths that there are, you know, there's, there's not one way to get anywhere. There's multiple ways to get places and, um, you know, respect each other on the journey. Um, I think that's huge as well. So, yeah. Um, okay. So, so I would like to say, um, you know, I know you're you're being humble, but you uh, were the recipient of the uh, IPMA uh, artist male artist uh, award for 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, so, congratulations to you, and you are um, up for it again this year, right? Yeah, yeah. The Pagan Music Awards are in um, Starwood, Starwood, Ohio. Yep, they'll be there. Yep, we get to find out who the Best male artist, best female, and best band of the year is. We sure do get to find out. I'm I'm hoping that it's a good show. It's going to be a good show. I heard a lot of people are going to be there, and, and uh, a lot of a lot of iconic pagan folks are going to be at Starwood this year. Yeah, so come on out there and you know buy tickets and come out there and you know hang out and say hi to the Lone Wolf and and everyone else that's going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Tell us when that is and where can people find more info? And I'll include all the links as well. So if, if you go to uh, starwoodfestival.com, you can go up on there and get your tickets. Um, I think they got you go there for a day, you go there for the week. Um, yeah, star, starwoodfestival.com. Okay, all right. We'll have people uh, check that out and I'll add the link. And what... Um, what do you do today? What are you doing right now before you reach hibernation stage? Oh, what am I doing today? Well, I I uh, manage a pagan television station, Fringe TV, um, and that consumes a lot of my time uh, with programming. Uh, I also um, have uh, a, uh, a show that runs on Fringe called The Lone Wolf Show, which has been around for about a year and a half, steady going. Um, plus I have my own musical endeavors plus I gotta you know cook supper do dishes and right. still gotta do you know fix that and yeah. fix this you know fix stuff and um, yeah tell us uh, a little bit about Fringe and how people can find that um, Fringe TV is a pagan television station that has been around since 2015 it operates 365 days a year, 
It is 100% free. And you can check it out at www.fringetv.online. And um, they have a VIP section, uh, which is for members only, where you can go into that specifically, where you can find content that, you know, on demand uh, with, with really good movies, uh, brand new movies, and, um, you know, and other uh, content that, uh, you know, is uh, adult programming. Uh, where we can't do publicly, but can be for a VIP. Um, uh, and, you know, there's 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 that. I mean, yeah, Fringe TV, there's a lot of good shows on there. We have uh, the first Pagan Music Video Spotlight, where we showcase uh, Pagan musicians. Um, it's, you know, kind of run like the old school MTV, where you know, introduce the music, they talk about it. That's run by Lord Alexian. Um, you know, that's, that's innovative first in the world stuff right there. Um, mm -hmm. from pagan television. Um, we have, uh, shows Monday through Sunday, really. I mean, I could go through them all. It would take a while. Uh, <laughs> Monday, Lawn Mile and Duquette show <coughs> with, uh, your, uh, Alistair Crowley and OTO material. Uh, Monday is also the witch source. Um, Tuesday, um, is your pagan music video spotlight um, and you have Wednesday which is your 7 o'clock Lady Starfire with pagan do's and don'ts uh, following 8 o'clock Astral Tarot show with Sarona Rose 9 o'clock um, is a, a shamanistic approach on modern contemporary shamanism um, by Shaman Weaver Thursday is Denton's Tales coming us coming to us from Ireland talking about uh, the true uh, uh, elements of being a Viking and one of the things he says that that I learned a lot from him is that people really need to stop calling themselves Vikings because homie you ain't got a ship and you're not a Viking unless you got a ship so come on guys let's stop talk that we're Vikings because unless you have a huge ship so we have the details at six and the Pagan Artist Spotlight coming from Iowa with Earl Williams with his music spotlight. Friday is Oculus Alchemy coming from Manhattan, who has a very professional studio, I might add. Um, Australia, the wonderful Tamara von Forslund, who works so very hard, giving us, um, you know, uh, great um, content um, and, you know, putting a stop to misinformation on craft-related topics. Um, in nine o'clock um, on Saturday is Witches and Wine with Lola Star coming from the ATC. So there's all kinds of programming and lots of in-betweens where Saturday and Sunday will be cartoons. Um, and, you know, uh, the list goes on and on. And, uh, uh, you know, documentaries. Uh, I mean, all, all kinds of things. A African voodoo. I mean, we, we do Aborigine. We do everything. Um, I'm, you know, trying very hard to get a lot of uh, curriculum that is traditional, um, although it is, is a challenging endeavor, um, mm -hmm. you know, because of, you know, what's available, you know, for, uh, you know, pagan content. I'm constantly looking for new shows. There's a new show in development by a sorcerer. And this particular sorcerer started a sorcerer's guild been around for, I believe, 20 years, 
and is not not sorcerers. He's plugged in with all the sorcerers on the planet. Great uh, show. Uh, I mean, so there's you know there's new stuff um, every day, um, uh, and Fringe will be going on like a co-pilot, so to speak. When we have the Pagan Music Awards because Fringe TV will be there. Um, Yay! And, and that likes, but, um, yeah. There's always stuff going on Fringe TV, and there's a lot of people that have invested um, their time and um, with Fringe, and uh, I am working nonstop every day. Um, you know, anywhere from five to eight hours a day every day on Fringe TV. Sometimes more. Um, you know, because there's a lot that comes with that. There's social media mm-hmm. that involves with that, and the actual programming dealing with the different shows and you know uh, it's just so much work uh, you know but but like we said earlier in the interview uh, only with the sweat of your brow will you obtain um, you know magical power and not just magical power only with sweat of your brow are you gonna you know get anywhere you know repetition right. is very important uh, you know repetition yields power you know uh, yes. steady uh, you know on, ongoing, you know, dependable, reliable, you know, Fringe TV is going to be here for the long haul, um, you know, unless, you know, I get struck by lightning. And, and if I get struck by, and if it happens that I get struck by lightning, I would assume that I would be more energized to give you more um, pagan television, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I work very hard. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. But, yeah, there's a lot to talk about with friends, you know. So how's that for a 10-minute infomercial? Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, I know we're going a little bit over, but um, I think that's okay because I want to ask you a few more things. Sure. Um, if you had to pick some people, um, whether they're here or not, um when I say that, I mean, you know, physically in this realm on this earth at this time. And um, that if you had to pick some people that you wanted to um, say thank you to that really helped you on your path, who would that be? Oh, man. Ooh, who am I going to say thank you to? Um, man, that's, that's a real tough one. Who would I say thank you to? Um, I would say thank you for to myself. I mean, that can be ego. I can be egotistic or you know arrogant and stuff like that. But I mean, truth be told, I feel like I am the one who sent me here. I've got to be. I sent me here to this wonderful planet. So yeah, thank you. You know, for myself. You know, sell some, give myself some um, self. You know, some self worth, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, that's kind of a spur of the moment question, but you know, I guess, I guess you just gotta thank yourself sometimes. You know? Yes, you gotta look out for yourself. You know, um, but you know, besides you being so arrogant, you know, and arrogant for myself, you know, um, you know, thank you for people that have helped me along my path. You know, there are many pagan uh, pioneers and elders that have helped me through my own path. You know, thank you to um, Paul Barrow. Um, thank you to, um, you know, uh, Dorothy Orson for writing her book. Thank you for Louise Ann Salem, the Millennial Kingdom that is no longer here on the planet. You know, thank you um, to Melissa Anderson. Thank you to, um, you know, so many different uh, people, 
or Lexi and everybody involved with French TV, you know, anybody that has support my endeavors, you know, thank you for that. The musicians that were so kind, Ginger Ackley, Mama Gina, these people are so kind, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, thank you for, you know, accepting me into, you know, the, the pagan communities, musician scene and stuff, you know, being so welcoming and, uh, you know, and knowing that I come from, uh, you know, a, a, you know, that hard knock life and still saying, you know what, it's cool, man, it's cool. Um, yeah. You know, uh, thank you for anybody, you know, that, thank you to the person that, you know, has, has compassion, you know, that, that is, and, and thank you to the person that helps another person unlock their own spirituality and not telling them how to walk that spirituality. Yes. Um, I wish I had some, you know, I probably shouldn't have started off with, uh, you know, thanking myself, but, you know, we got to thank ourselves because I, we are the people that have sent us here. You know, we sent yes. ourselves here. You know, we chose, you, you chose to walk the path. So if you hadn't have chose that and done the work, we wouldn't be having this interview right now. Right. So yeah. thank you. I thank you as well. Um, I'm grateful for you. And, um, you know, I'm thankful that I've met you. And I'm thankful that um, you've given me a chance and believed in me and, you know, given me a spot on uh, French TV with the Witch Source and the interviews here because I, I love doing this. Um, so I definitely think it was wise to start with thanking yourself first actually um okay one last question what would you are there any books um that you would recommend what would be like your top like three books that you might would recommend to somebody if they want to just learn more uh about the path about the craft and figuring out their path to walk do you have like a top three that meant the world to you um top three okay um a lot there's a lot of magic philosophy and writings and traditions that all kind of go to a book called cornelius agrippa's three books of occult philosophy and that book was written in the 15th century and i think that that particular book it's 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 written like really adeptly like it's it's hard to understand but if you could like spend some time with it you'll find that a lot of what it talks about is the same things that they're kind of teaching today uh so that would be a high recommendation is cornelius agrippa's three books of occult philosophy um there's another text called the Kabbalion, which is basically written about uh, their elements of immutable law, and immutable law are laws that are not changeable. Uh, that there just simply are you cannot. There's no argument. You can't debate them, and and they were like uh, translated into like several different languages, uh, and hopefully I'm pronouncing it correctly. The Kabbalion. Um, that would be my second. Um, and uh, you know we say books and stuff and a lot of I mean I mean let's face it the craft uh, is was intended as an oral tradition you know and and I understand there's a lot of books and stuff like that and it's and it's wise to read everything you can especially for people who just started out and 
And I'm even like people that are, you know been in the craft for decades, they still were well read. They read things, they write books and stuff like that. Um, but my third choice is not a book at all. My third choice is Mother Nature because Mother Nature is a teacher that will never lie to us. So mm. let us always learn from her. I I love that. You that is excellent uh, excellent response. I greatly appreciate um, each recommendation and um, especially nature. That's I don't think there's ever been a truer statement. Um, you're absolutely right there. Uh, we see the the good, the bad, the ugly, the unexplained, the explained, um, all of it. So yeah, awesome. Okay, and I guess we'll go ahead and um, wrap up here. And um, is there any final things that you wish to share or wish to say um, to the world? Yeah, which source rocks, man. Love it. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, being here and doing this interview. It has been magical uh truly and uh exciting so thank you and um i will uh hopefully get to interview you some more maybe when you have a new album come out we can talk about it Uh, i think that would be great to do um so until next time uh and hopefully i'll catch you guys on the fringe see you soon